everything that I touch, I want to do to the extreme. You know, I want to one learn the game and then break the wheel and find an even better way to do something. That's how my desire when I start a project goes. Are you ready to reinvent your organization and create a workplace of the future? Welcome to the Optimized Workplace. My name is Fran Dean Bishop, and I'm the founder and CEO of Aerobody. Join me each week as I welcome innovators, A-listers, and trailblazers who will share their individual experiences with creating an optimized workplace. This podcast will inspire you to find new and unique ways of helping your organization thrive while providing an exceptional experience for your employees and nourishing their well-being. Ready to get started? Learn more at theoptimizedworkplace.co. So welcome. Good afternoon, audience. It's Fran Dean Bishop here, founder and CEO of Aerobodies Inc. for another stimulating, exciting conversation on the optimized workplace. And I am over the moon excited about this conversation today. I've been waiting for this, y'all, for a couple of months and thinking about it all week. I just came back from another conference I'll tell you about where I saw Simone Biles and she talked a little bit, but this is a whole nother level of Olympian that we are introducing to you today. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Noah Lyles and tell you just a little bit about him. So he is a 2022 world champion, 200 meter, 2021 Olympic bronze medalist, 200 meter, 2019 world champion, 200 meter, 2019 world champion, four by one, which is close to my heart. Hey, Speedy D, call out 1999. American record holder four by one, the 2021 U.S. Olympic trials champion, 200 meter, and the 2022 Wanda Diamond League champion, 200 meter. And he's also the American record holder in the 200 meters. It is a laundry list of bullets beyond that. So if you're that interested, go out and check it out at Global Athletics. So without further ado, let me tell you a little bit more about him in the background, then we'll get into the conversation. So Noah, in his indoor season, ran a lot of races, as you can imagine. But this, um, by far, has arguably been the best 200-meter season he's ever run. He's gone undefeated on the 200-meter for the entire season, winning the second world championships 200-meter gold. Wait for it. In 19.31 seconds. So for those of you who are not from the track and field world, you don't live it and breathe it and you don't understand it. That is incredibly fast. So 200 meters in 19 seconds. He broke Michael Jack, Michael Johnson's American record that has stood since 1996 people and made him the third fastest man in history. Noah closed out his 2022 season with a win at the Wanda Diamond League final in Zurich at 19.51 and recorded five of the 13 fastest times ever run. Welcome, Mr. Noah Lyles. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. That's thank outstanding. You. Outstanding. You, outstanding. So how's it feel? What's been the, the highlight of this year for you? Has it been that or is there anything else that's burning up? Uh, that, that's been pretty cool. Um, I just got an uh, email a few weeks ago saying that I'm the, I just got athlete of the year for the U.S. So that's pretty cool too. And then I'm in the top five finalists for athlete of the world uh so of the year so that's also pretty cool uh just just it's been uh, a very eventful few weeks I, i'd say it's been interesting it's been interesting yeah. wow well let's get into it so 
Yes, the accolades are there. Yes, the medals are there. But who is Noah Lyles? For those who may be listening, so our audience, the Optimized Workplace is really about uh, corporate uh, shakers, decision makers, experts, luminaries who are really trying to shake things up and really create a difference in health and well-being and mental health in the corporate workspace. So for those who may be listening who may not know, you know, who Noah Lyles is, who is Noah Lyles? That's a hard thing to describe because I don't have one title. Um, a lot of people do know me as, you know, the fast guy or the, the, the fastest man in the world. Um, but I truthfully consider myself uh, just a creator. Anything I touch, I want to create with. I'm a very hands-on, whether that's creating new records, whether that's, you know, going out and creating music, art, um, you know, working with, you know, people and designing things that have never been done before, um, whether that's thinking outside the box and saying, hey, let's create this thing that is going to, you know, basically revolutionize how we attack a certain situation. So um, I've been recently working with a multi or a, a media group, and we've been working on creating a docu-series. And, you know, I remember I was thinking, I was like, this would be really cool. But I remember when we got our first comment, somebody was like, oh my gosh, you know, there's never been anything like this in track and field. You know, I'm so happy to see this. And I'm like, oh, wow, I guess we're the first to do this. <laughs> you know, that's so cool. That's exciting. So that was that kind of begs my second question. So what are you most excited about right now? Is it the docu-series or there are some other things coming down the pipe? I definitely say the docu-series is by far one of my newest favorite project. Uh, I've been working all year on this. We've been gathering footage from the beginning of the year um, all the way to we're still going now, uh, of course. And it's been turning out really well. And I'm so excited for people to see it. There's just so many things that I want people to see you know, how I move, the people I surround myself with, uh, the decisions I have to make, um, even fan interactions. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, when you're popular, it, you want to interact with everybody. But, you know, sometimes you just want to get a job done and, and move on. You know, it, it can be fun at times, but, you know, you have to learn how to be able to handle those situations. Uh, I when I was actually doing a photo shoot and on the way to the airport, I met this fan and he was like so excited. To, and it's, it's always cool to see that. But oh my gosh, this man would not let go of my hand. <laughs> and I was trying to get to my next flight. He wouldn't even let me get in a word to say, hey, I'm about to miss my flight. Please let go of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very wow. excited for people to see, you know, all those sides um, of me in this docuseries. Wow, that that's a lot. That that's a whole that's a whole can of worms and beyond. Uh, I can imagine what that can. Well, I can't imagine what that must be like. But yeah, that, I think that gets into kind of how you move and make decisions. You know, how do you approach your decisions that you have to make? I one thing I love to to say is that I think there's an athlete inside all of us, and I always have told clients that you know people that I've met in our work that we do as a sports and fitness company there's an athlete in everyone. Maybe it hasn't shown itself or you show yourself a different athlete when it comes to your family or when it comes to your team or when it comes to your workplace or when it comes to your company. But how do you move and make decisions and what goes into it for you when you think about making decisions? I first actually want to talk about what you just said. 
you feel there's an athlete in everybody. I, I think a lot of people in society put athletes to, on a pedestal that becomes inhuman. And it's the exact opposite. Athletes are just, you know, normal people who have a gift that is seen on TV more often than other people's gifts. Um, and when you say everybody has their own athlete, it, I believe that's more everybody has their own gift. It's, it's whether how you use it or not um, and finding it and knowing where to best apply it. Uh, athletes just have an easier way of finding that gift because, you know, we praise it so much, you know, oh, you're so athletic. Oh, you can dunk a basketball. You know, this is, you know, here, you should go do this. Um, of, of course, it's your decision and what you want to do with that. But I would definitely say that, you know, that we we shouldn't idolize uh, people who, something that we all have in different ways. And because I know what my gift is, I surround myself with people who have, or their strength is my weakness. Uh, from a very young age, my mom gave us the idea that we are a team in our family and we have to move with the precision of a well-oiled machine. Of course, when you're 14, 13 years old going through puberty, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> uh, but one of the worst speeches that you could get from my mom was the you let the team down speech. And oh my gosh, the amount of guilt that would just pour over you. You would start with like the meanest snarl, snarl and with your arms crossed and this huge angry eyebrows face. And and as you're listening, she's like, you know, your brother's out here doing this and your sister's out here trying to, you know, go to school and they all see you working. So we're all picking up the slack, but you're not helping the team pick up their slack because what's going to happen when they need you to help them achieve their goals and they're not going to want to help you with that. And then all of a sudden you're by yourself and you don't know where to go. And it's like, oh, well, shoot, I didn't realize I was doing all that. I just didn't want to take out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a great point, though. I mean, it, especially when it comes to supporting other people, right? I mean, it is about the team effort and the cohesion of the team. Mm -hmm. And I think especially it, it informs the work that we do when you see someone who's really struggling on your team or in your organization or on a project, being able to, to reach out a hand and say, how, here, how can I lift you up? How can I support you? How can I help you? Talk about that a little bit. I mean, in the compass of starting the foundation, you know, talking a little bit about that, like what was the impetus for you all to think about starting the Lyles Brother Foundation? Where did that come from? Yeah, like I, I said, all right, since our family was, is very team oriented, we do that in everything. Um, so we know that it takes a village to make dreams come true. Um, one of my mom, I'm going to mention my mom a lot, by the way, I'm just warn you now, but one of my favorite sayings that she started saying as of last year is you take care of the natural and God will take care of the super. And me and my brother had the dream of making the Olympic team and we didn't know how we were going to do it. We just knew that we were going to train for it and we were going to try and take every opportunity that came and the opportunity just, just kept coming and coming. And we have a lot of people to thank, you know, shout out to the city of Alexandria for always, you know, putting in that support. You know, we've had to do many fundraisers and to get us to track meets and 
trials. And we knew what that said. And we wanted to be able to give back because we know that there are many children out there who probably have the same dream and probably are putting in the work, but just don't have the support to be able to go and compete to this level. But we want to give them the chance to do that. Um, and even if they don't have the ability, we want to be able to give them the life lessons or skills that can get you through, you know, life, essentially. A, a lot of the things that you learn in sports can, is very transferable to almost anything that you do um, to the rest of your life. And the, the sooner that you can learn that, you know, the easier it becomes. I love that. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think it's it's about paying it forward. It's about reaching back. It's about mentoring. It's about supporting people and seeing the doors that you can open and seeing how you can perhaps open those doors larger so people can bust through mm -hmm. it. I just came back from a conference uh, business conference over the weekend. And, and as I mentioned, um, it was a strategic growth conference for CEOs and entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And they interviewed Simone Biles. And she talked a lot about uh, one of the questions was, you know, what was the decision? How did you decide not to compete? And she mm -hmm. talked about that process and how she iterated that and how she got through it. But she also talked uh, a little bit more about legacy, which is kind of what you just mentioned, is that, you know, there's an opportunity for people now I have this platform that I can share and help people who may be really struggling in this area and help people understand, you know, I don't want to be that. She said, I don't want to be the poster child for mental health. Right. But yeah. I do want to help people appreciate that there is a, it's a big challenge. It's a big issue. It's not just in sports. It's in corporate, it's in community, it's in networks all over. And so how do we you know, iterate that to help other people. So what's the impact? You know, when you think about the foundation and what you guys have, have started, which is fantastic as a legacy, what's the impact that you're hoping to make? It's funny that you say that. Um, I always mention to my mom, we're going to be the greatest nonprofit in the world. And her response is always, no, that, that that's not the goal. The goal is to help people. It's like, yeah, that's it. Right, because you need funds and support and to grow and to touch more people you need to get bigger so what you're saying is you want to be the greatest nonprofit in the world <laughs> in my mom's head you know she wants to touch as many children and youth as possible whether that's through you know nutrition mental health physical health uh, and my goal is of course to aid her and everything that I touch, I want to do to the extreme. You know, I want to, one, learn the game and then break the wheel and find an even better way to do something. That, that's how my desire when I start a project goes. And, you know, she, she sees it as helping people. I see it as creating, you know, the best nonprofit that could ever be existed. <laughs> hey, two different two different lines of thought, but as long as it gets you to your goal, exactly. I hear you. Absolutely. So what are your passion projects? Do you have any passion projects coming up in 2023, either aligned with the foundation or aligned with sports or just in general that, that you're kind of hyped about? We just came back from Bermuda about a month ago um, and we had a whole project. We were on the, the Black Gophers Convention, me, our, our nonprofit in Bermuda. Um, tourism uh, agency, we, you know, created this, you know, black golfers event and, you know, had 
many professionals come by and I, I think PGA Magazine came by and it was really cool and it was a really great experience. Uh, and we've been working with them, I'd say probably about two years now. And um, that's one of our bigger events, but we were talking about some of the other things that we wanted to do. And one of those was definitely going to be a, a uh, almost like a kind of like a convention for just how we got to this level and how we feel that other people could also, you know, learn from what we've done. Um, my mom also loves to do summer camps, um, sports camps, all those stuff. She loves those. So we've done one in 2022. We did one in June, but she wants to have, I think, at least two more this year. And then, you know, after that, just continuously adding more and more in, in, in as many cities as we probably can reach. Miss Keisha B. Bishop is a phenom. For those of you who don't know her, I think she has she have her own athletic page herself. She she truly is. I think she epitomizes not just um, being a mom of an athlete, but also being a businesswoman and some of the things she's trying to do around the foundation and beyond. So hats off to her, and and we want to just continue to see her climb and do 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 very well. So For let's sure. pivot a little bit with some fun facts, Noah, as we kind of around around the bend on this interview what is a question something perhaps that people never ask you but you wish they would is there anything looming um i just wish people would ask more creative questions (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh the amount of times that you get asked what's your 40 time or what how fast do you run a mile or are you Usain Bolt or like oh gosh it's so boring uh I I really wish people would ask first I wish they would do their research that's what I wish uh doing your research is so important because not only does it make you look like you're in a more powerful position it also gives the person you're interviewing you know, that reason to want to answer your question. Um, so when when I usually hear somebody who's actually done, you know, like come up, come up to me like, you know, I heard a story about you once in another interview that when you were, you know, such and such years old that you wanted to go up and be an artist. And I was like, who told you that story? <laughs> I was like, now I'm intrigued. Like, but it, it, it's, um, I've been asked quite a, quite a few questions um sometimes i wish people would ask more about my fashion uh for sure because i've done a lot of things outside of track with fashion um i definitely wish people would ask more about like the the projects to the side that i have um like the docuseries um i have a lot of those projects that come up you know every so often and you know, so they don't always want to hear about those. You know, they just want to hear, are you going to break the world record tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. Now, if they want to hear or they want to learn more about your side projects, where can they go? Social media. I always post it on social media. Okay. Is there not any one website or anything like that they can look at? No, I don't. I don't do websites. That's, websites are kind of dying. <laughs> <laughs> So getting back to this conversation around mental health, which is obviously the basis of your, one of the pillars of your foundation, you know, if if you had the opportunity to be on a platform and talking to, you know, corporate directors, you know, CEOs, 
those who are responsible for massive amounts of of people. We work with one client um, that will remain nameless um, that you know has about three hundred and fifty thousand employees. So they're responsible for a lot of lives and the well being of those lives. Is there anything that you would share with them from a standpoint of not only just being an athlete, but someone who's championing mental health and really trying to improve that in the context of what we see today? When you start working on your mental health, you start understanding yourself. And it's just like being in a plane. You know, you help yourself before you help others. And we live in a society where I feel everybody wants to give advice, but nobody wants to be able to take it. Uh, You have to work on your own mental before you can start understanding other people. Because you're going to get to a point where you start realizing your own mistakes or things that you could be better at, or even triggers that you didn't even know you had, or things that you do really well, and you can advance on that in your own life. But you're going to get to a point where you're like, okay, I have all these strengths, but I also have weaknesses. And then you start reaching out for a team. And when you start looking for a team, now you're looking for people who think like you, who have a stronger hold on their mental side that know that they aren't the bread and butter of everything, but they also have weaknesses, but they know their strengths and they know that they're going to be able to reach out when they have issues and say, Hey, I need help with this. You know, how about we bring this person in? And all, all of a sudden you start creating this, you know, well formed team. And then as you have many, many people and they've all been, you know, looking at it from a direction of we are individuals with skills, but we also have weaknesses. Nobody should feel left out to be able to say, Hey, you know, this just, I just can't handle this, you know? And like, okay, cool. Let, let, let's find a better solution because I know that I might not think like you, but I think this person in this department is really good at this. Let, let, let's figure out how, how that's going to work. And it can just continuous, continuously creates an open area where everybody can feel safe enough to be like, let's actually find the best solution. This is, this no longer has to do with I'm the best. This is, we create great things and we know why, because knowing why you do something helps you create consistency. And when you create consistency, you get better at it. And that's how you find yourself being great. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. I mean, I think that's very applicable. It's like you're taking, you know, what a discipline that you've learned in, in track and field and uh, applying it to the corporate boardroom. And I think we've seen some of that, you know, during COVID where the walls were down, everybody was on an equal playing field. Nobody could do, could move and shake as they normally did. And so now all of a sudden, it's all about community and how we're going to help each other because we need each other, right? Mm-hmm. The first responders, my husband's a first responder. I support first responders in the work that we do in behavioral health every day and seeing the work that they were doing for COVID and supporting that, it was ground zero. And so it's a baseline that everyone collectively realized, hey, I need to lean on my neighbor. I've got to, I I can't look for somebody else and I can't turn a blind eye. Hopefully we won't walk too far away from that. Things are kind of opening up and changing and kind of getting back and you know, hopefully people mm-hmm. will keep that discipline. But something else made me think about, you know, what you just brought up. Are there any other, I think, pillars or um, uh, kind of disciplines that you've learned as a part of being a professional athlete 
that you think could be applicable and for us to think about when it comes to how we direct and how we move and shake in corporate and, and helping people around well-being? There's a conversation that me and my mom have quite often. And it always, it, it's really one of those conversations I love to have because it makes you really think deep. And it's the conversation of what makes somebody want to be the greatest versus being content, just doing the little work. Because we need everybody from somebody who's signing a piece of paper to somebody who's delivering mail to the CEOs that are leading countries and companies. But the idea of what makes that person content with that work or what makes that person want to be great because we always get into that environment versus you know um um genetics conversation and then it, it feeds into okay well is it because they are just satisfied or is this the gift that they've been given that they know this is their passion and something that always makes me laugh is when i'll be like maybe they just love delivering mail and seeing smiles on people's faces. And my mom was like, yeah, that's nice, but how could you just stay there? I was like, everybody thinks different. And explaining that to people is so funny to me because since I've been going to therapy since I was nine years old, you know, I've been told multiple times, you know, I have ADD, dyslexia. And- yeah. <laughs> hey, high five. <laughs> <laughs> ADD. We, we we do some great work, but we, we are who we are, right? Exactly. But I, I learned very early on that I think differently. And that right there helped me understand people better. If somebody says that, you know, if I tell them two plus two is four, some people might be like, okay, I accept that. That's cool. But what about the people who have the mindset of, but why does it equal four? Or some people are like, can it ever be changed? And like, or, or what if we did it this way? Would it still equal four? Like, those, like all different mindsets. Of course, they're probably going to get to the same answer. But knowing that everybody truly thinks different is how you understand that we all have our own way of thinking. We have our own way of living. We've all come with our own set of background. You know, we all have a backstory. And when we actually meet new people, we have to remember that this, you know, first occurrence, something might've went wrong in this first occurrence, but that might've been from something that's happened three years ago that's built up and you're just the person that they unloaded on. You know, that's, that's, always like an interesting conversation that I love to have with my mom because there's no end to it. There's really no end to it, but we all need each other and we all need to understand that we are all different people. Yeah. I think the beautiful thing about what you said is that, you know, just really being willing to see the differences and respect the differences and being open to the differences, you know, that's the only way that communication barriers can really break down and then we can make yeah. progress. So I, I love that. I think that's a great place for us to to, to end on. Um, so if anyone wants to learn more about Noah Lyles and some of the projects, I think you mentioned some really fascinating projects you're working on for 2023 with regards to your creativity 
uh, the docuseries and even some of the creative clothes. Um, you want to give them the hashtag where they can can find you? Is it is it Instagram? I sure. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Um, for Instagram, I'm Nojo18. For everywhere else, I'm just Noah Lyles. Um, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, it's just Noah Lyles. Uh, super easy to find. But um, and if you want to, you know, follow what our nonprofit is doing, it's the Lyles Brothers Sports Foundation. Um, I can't remember if we're a .org or not. I feel like we are. <laughs> Full disclosure, Aerobody's, uh, the Optimized Workplace, we are sponsors of the uh, Lyles Brothers Foundation. I think they're doing some fantastic work in some great communities. Alexandria is a community that's our bedrock, it's our headquarters. So we obviously applaud the work that they're doing there. And hopefully you guys would just keep it up and, and keep spreading it because it's obviously needed in many urban environments. Um, so hope you can just continue to grow and flourish. So hats off to you for that. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Optimized Workplace. It's been fantastic to have you as our listeners today. And uh, let's keep the conversation going. We have more episodes to follow. But remember, you can always make a difference one mini movement at a time. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Optimized Workplace. For more insights and resources, visit theoptimizedworkplace.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word and share with those who will enjoy it as well. See you soon.